Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. This week in production, it's moments away from the Alaska abomination. The abominable Iditarod. This week in production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908 451 6760. Thanks. Joining me this week from the TWIP Lounge. In World Headquarters. World Headquarters of uh, This Week in Production. Uh, Tom Chartrand joining me. Hey, Art. Thanks for dragging me down here and sending me to Alaska. I think it's the other way around. Tom, thank <laughs> you for agreeing to be punished and brutalized um, for another three weeks. It'll be awesome. All the things we have in our mind and dread that are going to happen, and then it's all forgotten. It's been um, it's been a different kind of Iditarod prep this year. The yeah. the prep for for a lot of uh, reasons is different. Uh, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, we're doing remote camera sends. All the production is going to be done back here at Twip headquarters in New York while the cameras and everything else is, you know, in state in Alaska. And that's been new and involved and all of that things. And and uh, we talked a little bit about it on one of the podcasts. We did a test. Right. Did we do a podcast after the test? I don't even remember. I don't think we did. I don't think you had the stuff, but we, we did an yeah. extended... Go ahead. No, go. Oh, no, we did an extended... Uh, test back where where i live on cape cod and did sort of a light duty internet throw between uh cape cod massachusetts and this area of new york and things seemed to work pretty well you felt pretty comfortable that it was going to be a yeah i did i have um I, I had been testing the equipment here i have two separate uh isp services in right. my facility and so I was able to bridge across the public internet and simulate in my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was able to do it. My family probably didn't like the fact that the, the home internet service was being Taxed bombarded with uh, camera sends. At, send, uh, receive, at send, 20, receive. 25 megabits or so <laughs> each. But um, I felt like we needed to do a really, truly remote test just in case there was anything that was overlapping here. Things right down to the servers and things connecting from afar. And and even just packing it and making sure we had all the pieces. And right. of course, I think we were missing a few pieces. And um, though we didn't do 100% right. of the tests. Now, here, you came down a day early. Well, what was great about the first test was that you found out that some things were broken, you know, weren't working properly. So things that we sort of debugged over the course of the afternoon. So you managed to get that all fixed and then came down here day, day before leaving. And after you had made all those changes and fixes, we were able to really do a full run. 
Yeah, unfortunately, we had, we, me, I had two significant equipment failures, um, you know, at, at a inopportune time in the sense that I didn't have a lot of time to think about how to deal with it. One of the problems was uh, one of the fiber, I have a multi-channel fiber system that uh, works with the PTZs that provides power and network and video and uh, all that connectivity over uh, multi-core fiber. And I had one cable bad. You did determine that it wasn't just dirty, that it was a bad cable. I was told originally by the manufacturer it's probably just dirty, and I bought a fiber cleaning kit, but I really didn't feel confident in... um, in cleaning it myself, sure. Like I didn't know. And trusting, trusting. I didn't that know would go. if if I didn't know anything about it. I just was swabbing right. and hoping and praying, and it still didn't work. Uh-huh. We still had the intermittent issues, so I sent the uh, the real. It's actually funny. My wife's cousin runs a major fiber broadcast uh, supply company. Keep it in the family and. <laughs> I was able to reach out to him. I said, listen, I'm going to send you this fiber reel. If you could just take a look at it, tell me if it needs to be cleaned, you know, because he's great. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, just a little piddlance in his uh, <laughs> universe, but he was able to tell me that the cable seems bad. He wasn't able to terminate it again because it's a non standard, it's not a simpty. Ah fiber cable okay it's a non-standard fiber cable and i think going forward if i were to do it again i would probably just go simty standard because those connectors are much more durable you know i feel so i had to buy a the cheapest solution was to buy a new fiber cable 325 feet of um, multi-core fiber which is not the cheapest thing in the world but it was the cheapest thing i could do to fix it and guarantee that you're back to right the only the only problem was that the manufacturer of said product is in uh, norway or the netherlands or sweden or somewhere and i wasn't sure where the fiber was coming from right so i placed the order through b and h and they just said special order takes you know three to four weeks and i had left three to four weeks, but luckily they are distributed out of New Jersey. Oh my goodness. So it shipped <laughs> out of New Jersey to me. I got it pretty quickly, about two weeks lead time. In no in no no time, really. That's the great. other little wrinkle we found in our Boston test, our Cape Cod test, was that one of the uh, PTZs, my Panasonic HE130, was exhibiting some noises that we didn't understand, and then we noticed that the focus wasn't quite right. And over the course of the day, it got worse. Yeah. And so, we, we probably blew two hours trying to determine, yeah. was it a connector? Was it the wire? Yeah. Was what's going on? Yeah. And and these are not cameras that go out every day on the road. Like, they pretty much have been doing Iditarod, and only Iditarod in the past year. Right. So I, you know, of course have a lot of contacts at Panasonic over our years of working there. The consultancy and all that, Unfortunately, yeah. Panasonic closed its New Jersey uh, broadcast repair facility. 
I would run down to Harrison, New Jersey, and they would fix the equipment, you know, and I could just pick it up, and it was very convenient. Right. That facility is closed. They're not really doing any more repairs there, though I think maybe they are, but I don't know who's in charge. Okay. So I had to ship the camera to Illinois. Okay. Where Panasonic has a, I think it's like some kind of a, I don't think it's Panasonic, but it's a, a partner it's, that. Yeah, it's like a little more than a partner, but, right. but it is, it's not, doesn't seem like it's Panasonic. I but, would think that New Jersey would be more central to this area, but yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. Yep. It was either that or send it to a third party. And, sure. And I didn't know what was wrong with it. So. I sent it out with the hopes that it would be repaired in time to come back and do Iditarod. And I sent it out and they basically called me like three weeks later. It took them three weeks to give me an estimate. When you didn't really have three weeks I to- I didn't have three weeks. Yes. So I had actually been chasing them and I said, listen, I just need to know like, is it going to be fixed in time or not? Yeah. Just give me the upfront right now. And they basically said, it seems like there's a lot of damage to it, which I was really surprised by. Absolutely. Because Abs they said it was cracked and this and that. So I don't know if something happened in transport or what, but the repair for this PTZ was over $5,000. That's ridiculous. And of course, the camera's value is not $5,000. No, it's not. But you know, you've got you've to look back on it and say, this gear gets put out in crazy extreme conditions and it's not ruggedized for no, those conditions. No, and, and we've really been able to turn a lot of work around with the setup you've put together. Yeah, it wasn't built. I didn't build this kit for uh, Iditarod purpose. I built Originally, it for corporate. Right. And we were doing corporate live streaming for quite a while, but then that kind of fell away and it, out of favor. So it, it got repurposed for Iditarod, but it's certainly, they're not ruggedized right. for that environment. So I don't know if something happened at the last Iditarod that we both don't remember right, or not. It could be a camera fell over because that's sort of what they're implying. It could very well be. And there were other crew out there or maybe somebody saw it. You know, um, and it's tough to tell. Hours are so weird. You come back after getting a catching a couple of hours of sleep, and the camera's off angle. So you know, you move it back. Boom. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yep. So I had to purchase. I called my friends at MCOM. Ah, shout out to MCOM. Shout out to MCOM. And and this is when I sort of had the feeling it wasn't coming back. And I said, "Do you have a B stock?" HE-130. He's like, I have one. I said, please send it to me. And um, so new fiber, new PTZ, systems back in order. We go. And then, of course, I had been testing, but today was the last full, all-out setup, facts confirm. of the system. Right. And, of course, we discovered <laughs> another little problem today. Yeah. <laughs> where one of my fiber to uh, SDI converters is uh, no longer with us. It has right. left the building. For those beloved arch cameras. Right. Which For, is another really innovative 
simple setup that has been part of Iditarod for a long time now. It has, it has, and and it's essential. It's an essential it really function. They're Marshall POVs, and we run them back about uh, I don't know four hundred feet on a uh, dual uh, fiber, a dual core fiber, and they come in and and uh, we mix them and match them and whatever else right i mean originally the the end purpose was there was one camera there you saw the dogs come in you saw the finish and you came up with the idea to have two cameras hanging one that sees them approaching and then one that sees the dogs out front you know after they've gone by the finish line and the viewers they love seeing people come in to finish but they love seeing the dogs even more so you get to see the the finisher take care of their dogs and you know see all that love and it's just become part of that dna of of the iditarod insider so we also had a uh, another full fax test of the audio system the new dante audio and i had to so. drag my my son out to the driveway to <laughs> to participate it was quite cold this morning you know it was chilly out there especially when you're standing still yeah. you know so it was a little bit of a of a, a teaser because it's very cold in alaska I right know. now so we were out there with uh the sportscaster headsets and the dante boxes the studio technology interfaces and we we're testing mix minus and talk back, talk back. And, and um director's channel and all this stuff and it's really pretty ingenious the way you put it together because you've got like a concoction of different pieces of software routing through a concoction of computers and i mean the end result is broadcast quality ifb it's really it is it is big time ifb as as simply as it can be done in the sense right. that you can run it as almost one person. And that's really From how thousands this, of miles away. <laughs> this is really how it has to be, unfortunately. It's not like I don't appreciate having eight people on a team or more. Right. This is not that budget. It's not that show. This is about doing as much as you can on a scale in, in a one man show. And I literally will be the one man staying up right. to run all these feeds. That's new this year. Yeah. You know, last year we split, or in the COVID year, excuse me, in the COVID year, right. we split the control room into two 12-hour shifts, which was awesome. It was. Now and it was cool the way it worked out. It really was a cool setup. Yeah, but this year you're going to be out on the trail banging around with the leaders. I will be here. I will be the lone man taking all the feeds in at all hours of the night. You haven't trained the family to do... Uh... I, I actually have, and I'm actually going to Hawaii. <laughs> Excellent. I'm just not telling anybody. Wow. Talk about full circle with this yes, company. full circle with this company. <laughs> so we are we are 17 cases heavy. Yep. Um, we are going to load tomorrow for the airport. We are going to arrive late in uh, Anchorage, and then we will have uh, Tuesday and Wednesday to get some of the camera gear sorted out with the live kit, stuff that we don't have with us. On hand, right. Stuff that will be in Alaska for right. us. We build out three Intonor-based yeah, live Yeah, three kits. live streaming kits, and then you have to take care of some of the, the P2. They're not even P2 it's cameras It's not even P2 anymore. anymore. No, I know. Yeah. 
but it used to be you you would have to handle metadata but you still have to just configure some of the cameras for the dock team yeah four or five camera setups for all the guys that'll be on the trail build them up from the rental kits to come in tripods audio cameras lenses make sure everything's powered up and working and that the rental company got us everything we need so that's another part of the job right and uh yeah, looking forward to it. And then Thursday, it's going to be a full-on slam fest for our first live stream. Right. And and I don't think I told you this because I just found this out. We do not have a, a Wednesday setup for a Thursday live stream. We have to set everything up and have it ready for Thursday on Thursday. On Thursday, set up. And, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. so That means I have all day Wednesday to do everything else we got to do. You do. So on <laughs> Thursday, we will be doing our first multi-camera live stream of the Iditarod season. And then we will have Friday to uh, gather. Now, I am flying back to New York Friday night. Okay. Oh, Friday night. Friday night. Okay. Saturday, you will be running the, the ceremonial start live streaming, which is like a co- feed right and then sunday bright and early for you super early i'm you're sure you're going out to willow alaska with the the repurposed kit you're going to set it up and we're going to do a remote multi-camera show from alaska being switched back in new york that's going to be amazing if everything works as well as it did today i will be so happy so um, once we complete that, you fly out to uh, Parts Unknown and we continue the coverage until it gets close to the end, about nine days right. from Saturday, March, whatever, 3rd, I think it is. Right. Yeah. March 3rd. So about nine days, we will have the champ finish. Right. Somewhere from the 11th to the 13th, weather depending. Weather depending. So we, you will be getting to Nome. We have some local assistance. You have to get that multi-camera system prepped and polished and ready to feed because we don't really know when that finisher is coming, coming in. So that'll be the last big hurdle. That's the last big ulcer because I remember two years ago, I was heading to Nome to help you out with a setup and I got stranded for three days in one of the checkpoints because of weather. And so it's things like that on this production that you have no control over. Right. Where and you normally have a call sheet and you show up and you're good, but yeah, this is this that is, fun. This is, this is abnormal. We're going to document the process of setting up and tearing down the gear as best we can. And then we're going to give it to our local assistance right and hopefully if it gets bad they may have to build out the whole show have never having seen the gear you know once again you'll be exhausted and on the phone and troubleshooting but let's not even think about that yes, yet no it's gonna that. work we're gonna be good so and... so the next time uh you will hear from me on the twip podcast will probably be the post-mortem of i did a rod 51 Right. But for now, Tom, I raise my glass to you. And cheers. And I say cheers. Mush. We'll see you after the race. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that.
Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.